Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Carlos Pena is our guest right here on Hit and Run. What's something you remember, like, going, wait a minute, people eat that? It first started just with the mashed potatoes. And, you know, I'm like, why, why, why eat so much mashed potatoes and... Um, and this is, this is just in, in overall in the United States, you know. Why the mashed potatoes so much, you know, and why the, the macaroni and cheese, you know, uh, why, you know, what's going on? I, I never really, you know, that, that instant, uh, instant food, microwavable foods, and, and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, what's going on? Like, this is not normal. And then last but not least, a pretty funny story, um, I got acquainted with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Good morning to you, baseball people. What's up? It's Sunday morning, and it is cruelly beautiful outside. It is is evil just how lovely it is outside. Because maybe, maybe never before on a weekend in 2020... Have I wanted baseball to be part of my life more? I mean, my goodness. There's a hole in our lives where a ball game should be. Has been my common refrain. But holy hell, it's beautiful outside. It's going to be in the high 60s today. The Baltimore Orioles are supposed to be here in town to play the White Sox at, at guaranteed rate. The Cubs are supposed to be in Arizona. Tomorrow, the Cubs would be in Los Angeles to begin a series with the Dodgers, the undisputed best team on paper in baseball, now that the Astros can't cheat quite as much. My goodness, it should be baseball, but it is it is not. There is no baseball, but there is baseball conversation all morning right here from 9 to 12 on 670 to score with me speaks. Lots of storylines to go through, including something that begins Tuesday. I want to know if you're in. Um, R.I.P. to a pitcher from one of the most memorable and impactful pitching staffs of all time. I want to talk about that with you. Talk about the coolest home setup for a ball player that you have seen them share. As we're all seeing, like, oh, wow, look at that. There's the Contreras brothers playing uh, in the driveway. Okay, that's one thing. Um, there's Baez and Jose Barrios um, as a battery together in Puerto Rico. No. We saw the coolest one. And the guy's not even active. 
but we got to talk about that. So we'll talk about that along the way and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Josh Nelson, the host of the Sox Machine podcast, is going to join us about 940. Check in on the White Sox on a few different things. Wondering what will be lost by not having a minor league White Sox season. Because I I don't think there's going to be. I think it's not official that the minor league season has been canceled, but it sure as hell is looking like that's going to be the case. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Don Cooper mentioned it yesterday. You'll hear from Don Cooper today, by the way. He was an absolute joy yesterday. My God, when he's grouchy, he's more grouchy than anyone. When he is happy and peppy, he is more fun than anybody. That was just absolute gold. We'll bring you a couple little pieces of Don Cooper a little bit later on. Um, at 10 o'clock, Len Casper is going to join us. They're starting a new Cubs podcast, a new officially sanctioned Cubs podcast, Len and JDR. And I want to talk to Len about his first guest um, that he had on that podcast, among other things. Always love talking to Len. Casey Johnson is going to join us at 11 o'clock. And that's because we're going to talk about Jerry Krause, the baseball guy. A lot of us watching The Last Dance, consumed, consumed with The Last Dance, and Jerry Krause getting the rough ride that we knew was going to happen. A lot of it is deserved. Some of it perhaps is not. But his baseball bona fides is something that fascinates me because it's the kind of career that could not exist these days. Can you imagine being a a, a talent executive being in the operations, the sports operations department for both baseball and basketball during the course of one long career. And it's not like it was just one than the other. Dude toggled back and forth several times. So we'll talk about that with Casey Johnson and our man Chris Kampka at 1140. Looking forward to Chris and uh, resuming Camp Connections very much at 1140. Your phone calls and your texts, not just welcome, but elemental to the very completion of the broadcast. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. 670-11 is how you join us via text. Kendall in Naperville immediately texts in, Damn it, Spiegel, I'm out in my garage enjoying the weather. I turned on sports radio for the first time in weeks. The first thing you remind me of is that baseball would have been on today. Now I'm depressed again. Get out of it, Kendall. Snap out of it. I know the weather is cruel and sportslessness is rough, but choose happiness. Do it. You can. Optimism is practical. A therapist I enjoyed once told me, because your body and your brain functions best when you are optimistic. You perform at a higher level when you're optimistic. So why would you not choose to wake up with a smile if it is at all possible? And it is often possible. Here's though, here's the thing that I've noticed about so many of us, okay? The weight of the pessimism and the inactivity is tiring. It is tiring. Now we add the gorgeous weather and so many of us feel, you know what? It's time. I got to get going. I got to start living my life. We need to have the sports back. And I want the sports back so bad. I want baseball back so bad. But we gotta be we gotta be careful, right? Don Cooper gave voice to it yesterday with us. He said that he was driving around and for the first time he felt, you know, I think we're gonna get out there pretty soon. We're gonna get going pretty soon. So Coop felt that optimism, felt baseball right around the corner. And I feel it too. I hope that it's going to happen. It's just a little scary, right? Because we're such a chaotic country. 
we are so bad at following rules in a uniform and obedient fashion because, damn it, you can't tell us what to do. We're Americans. Yeah, that's right. But, man, keep following the rules as best you can, people. The more we follow the rules this month, as we here in Illinois are under shelter in place for another month, be good, be strong, and then maybe, maybe we can reopen some things in June and maybe get even some baseball in July. Wouldn't that be glorious? Keep doing the right thing. Stay the F at home. Although, if you can go outside and be safely outside and enjoy the weather, I completely understand. It's a complicated time. You heard Carlos Pena in the open. And before we do anything else, just in, in speaking to this mindset that, I, that I'm trying to share with you and trying to maintain myself and giving voice to it out loud helps me maintain it myself. If you missed Carlos Pena last week, he was awesome. And one of the things he said has stuck with me, and I've shared it with a couple of different people. He was talking about this quarantine and all of us being sheltered in place and what his mindset is as a father, as a husband, as a man, what he's trying to do with his time here in quarantine. This is Carlos Pena from last week on Hit and Run. We're just trying to make sure that we seize the moment as far as, um, you know, obviously this is not good for the world. Uh, However, I think that if we come out of this, when we come out of this situation, and we haven't been changed or we haven't grown, we haven't gotten stronger as a family, tighter as a unit, um, then we wasted the difficulty. That's really tragic. You know, when you go through a difficult moment, Hmm. um, through a crisis, and then at the end of the crisis, you're no better than you were before. See, that's beautiful to me. That, that is the right kind of attitude to take. Here is the crisis, yes, but you've got an opportunity to grow. I don't know about you, but me and my wife have had some incredible conversations. Um, me and my son have been able to spend uh, an amazing amount of quality time together. I'm super involved in his homeschooling. He and I like watching some stuff together. We're going to watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, it's sometime over the course of the next few days, because I've shown him the scene with the Black Knight before. Come on, I'll bite your knees off. And he thought it was one of the funniest things of all time. Last week, I showed him the Ministry of Silly Walks, and he was walking around doing some of the John Cleese walks from the Ministry of Silly Walks, just, oh, making me laugh so hard. But anyway, it's like quality time, this opportunity to further our relationships, further the conversations, and maybe focus on ourselves and what we can do to be better people, healthier people. It is absolutely an opportunity, Carlos Pena. So thank you for that, Carlos. Absolutely. So look, I hope there will be baseball. I think there will be baseball. Before it actually gets here, before it actually gets here, you have an opportunity to watch more, and I don't know if you want to. The Korean baseball organization starts on Tuesday. Anybody in? Text me at 670-11. Let's talk about it. 312-644-6767. If you want to hop in that way. You can also tweet at me at Matt Spiegel 670. Here's what's going on with the Korean Baseball League that starts Tuesday. There are 10 teams, five games in five different stadiums on Tuesday. Hey, Sean, can you look? I know ESPN. The last I looked on the news, um, uh, on, on the, I Googled it up, as Coop said yesterday. ESPN was working on a deal to air the Korean baseball games, but I don't know that that's been finalized. 
So I, I don't know for sure that it's on ESPN on Tuesday. I know you can get it online through the uh, Korean League. Yeah, so but, this is this is according to a uh, Korean reporter. My colleague is reporting that ESPN has asked for their rights, um, yeah. but now it hasn't gone anywhere as I believe ESPN was not willing to pay. Yeah, right. They wanted the free rights and they decided they were not going to pay. You know? Um so it's uh, it's we don't we don't we don't have official ESPN airing, but check around. I think you I think we can all watch it via the Korean um, baseball organization website and some other ways. I know the Taiwan League has been having their games live on YouTube, but this is the Korean League. It's a little bit more legit than the Taiwan League that's been going. Ten teams, five games, and five stadiums. MLB is going to be watching very very. Closely, MLB officials will be talking to Korean baseball organization officials. There are two MLB staffers who are um, stationed in Korea at all times because there is a relationship with that league. Occasionally, there'll be a player who does well in that league and then comes to MLB. There's also obviously some players going the other direction, going to play overseas over there who haven't made it in MLB or are looking to extend their careers. But... This is some of the rules that uh, that are going on are fascinating to me. Everybody is going to use one door in the stadium to get in. Everyone. One door. Everyone will have their temperature taken as they are entering the stadium. And I assume that means if your temperature is above whatever is the um, it, it is the line they draw that you're not getting in. All personnel not in uniform, all personnel not in baseball uniform have to wear a mask. So everybody's got to wear a mask. You'll see media with masks, if indeed the media are even there, a lot of them. Um, You'll see umpires with masks. You'll see some coaches with masks. Cameramen, there'll be lots of cameramen. We don't exactly know how their filming is going to work, but everybody's going to be wearing a mask unless you're a player or a coach in uniform. No spitting. (laughs) <laughs> They're outlawing spitting, man. I know they have to, but good luck. Good luck telling ball players not to spit. What the hell? That's what they all do. Isn't that scene in uh, Naked Gun Two and a Half where they're all just just hawking just massive loogies? Oh, just seeds and just whatever else is there. Just a constant, steady stream of spitting. But no, you can't spit. And no high fives. That's okay. Look, the Bash Brothers forearm bash, it is the past and it is the future again. I did one yesterday with somebody. I was meeting them for the first time and I uh, got close enough but did not shake a hand. The forearm bash is the future. And then here's where it gets interesting for me in terms of the Korean baseball organization. If someone shows symptoms, they are quarantined. And get this, the stadium in which they played is closed. They closed down that stadium. So I told you, five games in five stadiums. If somebody shows symptoms, not test positive, but shows symptoms, they close down that stadium. I don't know for how long, but like right away and clean it out like crazy. The positive test, any kind of positive test would lead to more quarantines and a possible league shutdown for three weeks. 
So this is the thing. Are you ready? Is America ready? Is MLB ready to be as strict and as strident as Korea is going to be? And remember that the numbers of cases and deaths in Korea is minuscule compared to America. And not just because of the population difference, but because their precautions were much more aggressive and much more cohesive. And it goes back a little further, obviously. So, look, this is your model for what it might look like with no fans in the stands and how to monitor these people and these players. Does that all sound plausible? Scary. Scary. Because, look, one guy shows symptoms and he gets quarantined. Okay, and the stadium is is closed? You, You shut down the stadium? One positive test means you have to shut down the league for three weeks. See, we had seen in that article that Passon had written a while back that was floated that MLB didn't think that a positive test would mean that they would have to shut down. I don't, I think that they would have to shut down. But here we go. The Korean League starts Tuesday and MLB is going to be watching very closely. Here's what I want to know. What do you do if you're if you're filming these games and putting them on TV or YouTube or whatever? Do you show the emptiness? Do you remind people of the oddness of the situation and show the vast emptiness of the stadium? I, I mean, I don't think you go overload on it, but you can't pretend that you're playing someplace where there is a crowd. That would be a fascinating a fascinating thing for a, a television exec to think about, for a ball game director to think about. Should ask our buddy Bob Vorwald what he would do. Here you go. Here's a big old empty stadium. You know, five years ago when the White Sox played the Orioles in Baltimore with no stands, that was such a weird watch, as we all know. What I had forgotten until Bruce Levine reminded me yesterday on Inside the Clubhouse is that game was really fast, less than two and a half hours. Like, they just, they wanted to hustle through it and get the hell out of there because it was scary circumstances, obviously, in Baltimore. But also, it just, it was weird. It was weird to have no fans there. So, as MLB will be watching the KBO, we'll see. Are they going to mic the players? Are they going to mic the umps? Are they going to try to pretend that there is normalcy? Or do you go ahead and embrace the oddness? I think you'll have to embrace the oddness. Lance texts in at 670-11 that they can get Tom Hanks to record a PSA. There's no spitting. There's no spitting in baseball. Yeah, good luck limiting the spitting. Spitting is a massive part, a massive part of the tradition of the game. So, look, we'll see. 670 the score is where you are. And the Korean League starts on Tuesday. I'll be checking it out. And more importantly, MLB will be checking it out. We're going to talk some White Sox with Joss Nelson a little bit later on. But in case you missed it, I want you to hear when we come back the positivity that was in the mind yesterday of, 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 of Don Cooper. Like what he thought he was getting for this year. And... It's painful, more so perhaps for White Sox fans than Cubs fans because of the optimism going into this year and because of what uh, might have been and what could be right now 
had April even taken place. We'll talk about that. We'll continue taking your phone calls at 312-644-6767. You can text us at 6711. When I say us, I mean me and Sean Anderson, our producer who is back at the shop holding down the fort. Later on, Len Casper, Casey Johnson, Chris Kampka, and a lot more. It's hit and run right here on 670 The Score. What makes you think she's a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. Got better. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If somebody uses the rap soda on the high-speed camera more than us, I'd like to shake their hand. It's out there. We know what it is. And it turns out that over the years, I was always seeking these numbers that they have now. But we didn't have numbers. Me not being on board with this is, is fake news. Here's something that trumps all of the numbers, all of the spin rate, all of the hor- uh, the vertical ride, all of the horizontal, a well-located pitch where you want to throw it. Uh, it's Don Cooper back when he was in the studio with uh, Mully and Haw. Um, I think right around SoxFest, if memory serves. But, man, I've loved Coop talking about the technology and you've heard me talk about the tour that me, Mac, and Parkins and Shep got out there at Camelback from the great Roger Bossard when he showed us the brand new tech cage there at the White Sox facility. And I tried to bring that up with Coop yesterday, and he said, yeah, I like that stuff. Okay, we can put that to bed. We can put that to bed. So, you know, but, but Coop is he's fully on board. It's 670 The Score. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run. Last year we did a lot of bump and run or run and shoot or hook and ladder. Not as much today. We'll do some pick and roll later on talking about the last dance. But I will say that Ryan Pace not picking up Mitch Trubisky's fifth-year option saw that coming from moment one of the postseason press conference when he would not talk about it. And give credit to uh, to my buddy Danny Parkins, who's going to be coming on this show a little bit later on, actually, because I wanted to talk to him about something else. But give credit to Parkins and um, and others. But remember, at the postseason press conference last year, he said, Leonard Floyd, yeah, we're going to go ahead and pick up that option. Postseason press conference this year? No. Uh, well, you know, we're going to talk about that later. Talk about that later with Mitch's fifth-year option. And immediately... It became obvious that that which we all thought was fait accompli, that's a no-brainer. You pick up the option just to protect yourself. No, 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 no. Not the case. Look, Mitch will get the first snap for the quarterback competition, but I think we all know that that is Nick Foles' job to lose, and especially with a limited offseason and interaction kept down to a, uh, a bare minimum because of the virus and the lack of actually being together. 
Nick Foles' familiar, familiarity with the offense is just an absolute built-in shoo-in for giving him the start for the first game, whenever that might be, for the NFL. But that's not why you called. The Chicago White Sox, right now, in some of the simulations that are going on out there, are doing well. Baseball Reference has these simulated standings. Within those, the White Sox are 20-13. and 13. They're one game back of Cleveland. They are first in the wild card. Can you imagine how, how much this baseball town will be buzzing right now? <clears throat> At least on the south side and on the impartial sides in terms of people who, like, genuinely are looking for good teams and looking for interest in baseball. And I know you exist out there. If the White Sox were, it, like, a number one in the wild card standings as of right now, on the 3rd of May, Yuan Moncada via baseball reference is uh, at a 1.9 war with an OPS over 1.021. Lucas Giolito is an ERA under 2, 13.2 strikeouts per nine. He's got 2.1 war, wins above replacement already. Luis Robert has only played eight games. That's interesting in the baseball reference Sims, but he's got an 8.99 OPS. Man, this should be a happy time. There is another called the Athletic Alternate Universe, the AAU. And in that, right now, the White Sox are 32-24, and 24, four games back of, wait for it, the Kansas City Royals in first place in the American League Central on the TAAU's standing. See, that's the problem, Sean. I can't. That that makes us lose a little little juice for me. Well, Although we have seen we have seen like upstart teams be in first place on the second or third of May and then fade to where they belong. I think that the fans of the, the White Sox and the TAAU at least would look at now something that I just realized: the Kansas yeah. City Royals' run differential is just two. The White Sox is thirty-eight. <laughs> I mean, this is a team that can't sustain a thirty-six and twenty record. Speaks. What's, what's their Pythagorean uh, win loss? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is what it's come to on May 3rd, is that we're looking at run differential in simulated standings. Come on, baseball! Please, we need you. Oh, God, that's so funny. Uh, similarly, Arizona is a uh, half game up on the Dodgers in the National League West in the simulated athletic universe, whatever the hell that thing is called, the standings. But they have a run differential of minus seven. The Dodgers at a plus 96, just a matter of time before they take over. Um, So anyway, but in all those simulations, at least those two, you know, there's, uh, there's good things, good things going on. Jose Abreu is on the 60 day injured list though on there. Giolito's getting his butt kicked. In that, and yet they're in second place still. And there, wait, there's trades that have gone on. The White Sox got Lance Lynn. Yeah, I can't keep track of all these things going on in the simulated standings. Here's why I bring it up. I bring it up because Don Cooper yesterday was talking about what he had seen in the spring. And Lord knows you've heard me talking about what it felt like out there at Camelback, just the crackling energy in that clubhouse. And just how good all members of the White Sox really looked at that point. Here's Don Cooper from yesterday, from inside the clubhouse, and me and Bruce Levine, talking about what he saw when he was out there and what he believed his team was on the precipice of doing. Listen, I don't say stuff by no means. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Um, 
I was very happy with what I saw from everybody out there, you know, um, as far as strike stuff, preparation, work, focus, you know, it was all going in a really, really good direction for all of the guys. You know, and listen, we were all primed, like I said a minute ago, about we were looking forward to making the step forward, you know, and, 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 and making improvements in like a season. And the guys I've mentioned, and we were looking to win. So all of that was wrapped up into our preparation, you know, all of that excitement, enthusiasm that we had as a group, individually and collectively. And now we're going to have to get that going again, but that's where what Matt was saying a minute ago could come in, that young, youthful enthusiasm. Let's get it started, boys. Let's go play. Let's go show them what we got. That's Don Cooper yesterday on Inside the Clubhouse. So excited about what he was seeing. And he referenced what I had said to him during the interview, which I've told you guys before, that I think if there is a truncated season, if there is an 80-game, 100-game season, the White Sox are one of the teams that could really benefit from it. I've said that from the get-go, that their youth, their enthusiasm, the momentum that the offseason had brought in terms of, you know, hey, look at this, we're taking it seriously. It's our turn, it's our time, we're next – And also, a lot of times that kind of stuff can lead to a hot start and then talent sort of levels off and the grind of the season makes teams fall back to the pack. There might not be time enough for that. Might not be time enough for that to happen. And I'm not alone on this thought. Tom Verducci from Sports Illustrated wrote this week about four teams that could benefit from a shortened MLB season. And one of the teams that he talked about was the White Sox that the $200 million they spent on free agents in the offseason, ready to make it go, and, quote, maybe they're not as deep as the Minnesota Twins, but Yasmani Grandal, Dallas Keuchel, and others added to a very talented young core, depth won't matter as much in a shortened season. Depth won't matter as much. I think he's talking about positional depth. Where they are deep is with pitchers, especially if some of the guys Coop was talking about can come back and be healthy and be ready to go and ready to contribute. Carlos Rodon, Michael Kopech, who we had seen, Dane Dunning. Who else did he mention? He mentioned Jimmy Lambert, all of them. Possibility of being ready to come back. So, whew, the Sim standings look good for the White Sox. Those don't exist. The actual standings, if there is a shortened season, could also look good for the White Sox, in my opinion. And Don Cooper is among those who was very excited for the year. Before we take a break and, and talk uh, some other White Sox with Josh Nelson, everybody's got their Michael Jordan stories from when they interacted with him. Listen to this stuff from Don Cooper. This is Coop yesterday because Coop was in the minors as a pitching coach when Terry Francona was in the minors as a manager. Coop was in the White Sox system and did indeed interact with Michael Jordan. And it's just, it's so much fun to hear Coop anyway, but to hear Coop on MJ is pretty special and unique stuff. So hear that right now on the score. Michael came to Florida and I was living in Sarasota. I was in my first, I was living, I'm divorced. I was divorced. So my ex-wife has my house in Florida now. But I was in that house at the time, and we got a call saying, hey, uh, come down and work out Jordan. 
you know, in other words, throwing batting practice. We did it all, you know, for two days. Day three, and I, I'm going to get a couple stories. Day three, there was a helicopter throw, flying over the field because they, they knew he was in town. Uh, but we, we, myself and Tommy Thompson were working him out, and he was trying to steal bases on us. And we were throwing him out left and right. But he, wanted, he, he liked the challenge. He said, I can steal a bag on you. I was slide-stepping. I was slide-stepping like a champ. There was no way he could get the second base safe and, and holding a runner. Anyway, we threw him out. But the bet was we'd get his Lamborghini for the night and he could get Tommy's beat-up red old Toyota if we threw him out. <laughs> and, and we did throw him out. Another thing I remember, lots of ping-pong. Um, day two, we, we, right after the first day, we go back in the clubhouse and I'm playing ping pong with Michael Jordan and I'm talking trash and I whipped his ass. <laughs> I went, All right. He came back. He came back looking for me every day until he was beating me. Uh, he's tremendous, tremendous wingspan. But one of his comments was after we, after we went out and played baseball, we come inside, you know, uh, uh, we grab something to drink or play a ping pong. He goes, hey, this is like the boys' club, you know. Uh, it, he, he was having fun. Uh, yeah. So I certainly remember that. And if you want to Google something up, somebody – I didn't even know this existed until about a week ago. But I guess with everybody's spare time, they're doing a lot of different things that they wouldn't get around to normally doing. Somebody, Robin Ventura playing uh, Michael Jordan in, te, in ping pong. On Google, I, I Googled it up, and, and, and myself and a bunch of other guys are in it. I think White Sox fans would enjoy it. Uh, so if you Google that up or YouTube it up, you know, I, I know I'm talking trash to them at the end. Uh, but what a, the thing I come away with, what a competitive guy. And then I'm seeing, you know, the, the last dance and loving the heck out of that because I know a lot of people in it. So it makes it even more interesting. Uh, but the, the, the Bulls and, and the powerhouse that they were, led by Jordan and, and that competitiveness, wow, it's, it's just an impressive series, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow night on top of it. Uh, a tremendously – I've never been around a more competitive guy. He wanted, to, he wanted to play and bet on anything. He bet on the family feud that was on TV. Well, I mean, who doesn't, Coop? That's Don Cooper talking about Michael Jordan. And um, yesterday I did indeed Google it up to try and find um, Jordan and Robin Ventura playing ping pong, and I got it, and I found it, and I tweeted it. So go to my Twitter account at MattSpiegel670. Robin's pretty good. Uh, Michael's pretty good, too. I don't know if, if you guys know this, but I thoroughly consider myself the best ping pong player at the score. I have not played against anybody at the score. But I am very good at ping pong, and I would, I would very much like to challenge any and all at the score. And I know that, you know, if life ever does return to normal, there is a ping pong table in one of those lounges that are over at the Prudential. So um, I may just have to have an all-day all stand out there and just, you know, just bring them on. All right, Mully and Hard done. It's 9.05. Tell them to come upstairs. That's right. Take care of them. Dustin. Z-Pack, here you go. I'll wait around till Burnsy's done. Play with Lawrence before that. Take on Parkins, McNeil. I mean, whatever I got to do. If I got to be there all day, that's what I'll do. I'm not afraid. 
So um, go to my Twitter account at MattSpiegel670 if you want to check that out. Ventura and Jordan playing ping pong and a bunch of people you will recognize towards the end of that all there in the uh, Sox clubhouse. Let's talk some White Sox uh, current and where things stand with the minor leaguers and much, much more with Josh Nelson from the Sox Machine podcast. We'll do that in moments right here on The Score. Top of the hour, Len Casper on the Cubs, on MLB, and uh, and other and other things. Uh, Danny Parkin's going to join us in about an hour because I have something I want to talk to him about. Uh, Casey Johnson at 11 on Jerry Krause, the baseball man, and Cam Connections at 11.40 on a packed hit and run right here on 670 The Score. Oh, one pitch. Hit in the air on the left field side. If it's fair, it's well out of here, and it's a fair ball home run. Luis Robert connects to give the Knights a 2-0 lead. Wow. Any ball that... Any ball that's hit that far, even if it's close, they should give it to him because that baby went over the screen and down Seneca Street. That that thing was hit. Wow. A Luis Robert bomb from last year's Charlotte Knights season. He was hitting the ball well, running well. Saw him steal a base at the at a game out there at uh, at Camelback in March before everything got shut down. I want to talk a little White Sox with you right here on 670 The Score. It is hit and run. Josh Nelson is the host of the Sox Machine podcast and writes as well over there. And we appreciate him joining us right now on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. He joins us right now on the Alpamani Ford Hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. What's up, Josh? How are you? Long-time listener. First time caller. I love this show. Thank you so much for having me on, Matt. Oh, absolutely, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. Are you? Uh, what do you miss most about baseball right now, Josh? What is? What do you? If I had to, go ahead, give me the first thing that comes to mind that you miss the most. Well, I miss I miss doing the game recaps and almost the daily podcast with Jim. And he and I have been talking about just missing the daily grind as far as covering the White Sox team. Uh, this is the weekend that they would be facing the Baltimore Orioles. And I had it in my calendar that this was going to be a transition weekend for the White Sox based on the original schedule because April they had like nine games against the Royals. So they had to have a hot start. And May was going to see their schedule get significantly more difficult with more games against the Minnesota Twins. And then you got the Yankees and Red Sox coming up as well. Uh, that this was going to be the transition weekend. And to see if a easy series against the Orioles could launch into a hopefully race to the postseason. But obviously we, we don't have that. And I know that you're touching on as far as the short season that it could help benefit the White Sox. But right now, that's what I miss the most is the conversations that we should we should be having since late March, but we never got an opportunity to have those. Yeah, no, it, it's so many different storylines and narratives take place during the season. It's insane mm-hmm. how many ups and downs there are, and I agree that I've I, I've I've been addicted for decades. To, to, to that roller coaster. I love riding that mm-hmm. roller coaster. And every day there's an opportunity for overreaction <laughs> every single day. <laughs> yeah. and you can't, you can't, you can't really grasp what the actual storyline has been until you look back maybe at the end of a month or at the end of a couple months and say, okay, well, no, this is actually what has gone on. It's, it's interesting. I, I, what were your concerns about this bunch and and how they would have come out and in, indeed how they will come out if there is 
if there is a shortened season here. What are your concerns? Because we know what so many of us feel good about with this team. What are your concerns? Well, my concerns leading up to the middle point of spring training was what's going on at second base. Nick Madrigal, Danny Mendick, and those two were not playing very well. And it just seemed like Lurie Garcia was going to be the starting second baseman for the White Sox to at least start the season. And that was a little bit disheartening because I really wanted Nick Magical to come rushing right out of the gate and claim that starting job because I do think talent-wise he is the best second baseman the White Sox have in their system. But he needed to prove it to Rick Hahn and Rick Renteria that he deserved that starting job. And he got off to a slow start. Uh, the other concern was how is Ronaldo Lopez and Dylan Cease going to look in the regular season? Because if they're having problems with fastball command, you can count on Lucas Gilito. I think the White Sox could have counted on, on Dallas Keuchel and Gio Gonzalez 50-50 coin flip if he's going to give you a quality start or not. But if Lopez and Cease would have struggled out of the gate, the White Sox would have also struggled out of the gate because – you still, yes, you could wait for Michael Kopech and Carlos Rodon would have came back sometime, uh, sometime in midseason, uh, but they really needed Lopez and Cease to be much better than they were last year to give themselves a fighting chance to have a great start in April and be on top of the American League Central as the calendar went from April to May. Now, <laughs> with this first half of the season uh, gone, and if the baseball does come back in sometime in late June, I think you alluded to this before the break. Now Don Cooper's got a really interesting situation on his hands because suddenly Michael Kopech and Carlos Rodon are available. Now he's got seven starting pitchers that he can find work for. And I I don't know about you, Speaks, but I don't know if starting pitchers are going to go six or seven innings to start the new season in 2020. They may only be able to go four or five innings. And it may be beneficial to have seven starting pitchers. Absolutely. I think you're going to see a lot of double-ups. I don't think you're going to see teams go to the opener like the Tampa Rays um, have made popular and other people have used. I don't think you'll see like a lot of teams go to that, but I think you'll see a lot of teams go to the double up, which has happened you know, a few different times through the years. I remember the Rockies did it for a good portion of a season, what, five, six years ago. Um, yep. But, you know, like, all right, well, let's go out and we'll have one guy throw three innings, another guy throw three innings. And the next time out, one guy throws four, the next, the next guy throws four as they use the time to build up. And that could be, that could really benefit. And I got to say, there's been a lot of negatives about Coop through the years, and I've happily given voice to them. But he's been he's been pretty damn good about finding ways to stretch guys out, even if we misread it at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when Chris Sale got thrown to the bullpen because oh, yeah. they wanted because they wanted to rest him because he was starting a lot, but then they wanted to to put him in the pen to kind of preserve his arm and none of us could figure it out. That kind of thing has become very, very common that, that a starter will, will end up in the pen for a while and just get used a little bit. So Coop has always been kind of open-minded as far as that stuff goes. And that might be the role that Michael Kopech plays. I mean, if you're going to do this double up, Gio Gonzalez was a swing man for the Milwaukee Brewers when they went into the postseason. He's used to, only pitching sometimes an inning uh, or even three innings. And if you have Gonzalez face the lineup for the first time speaks, and then he turned the ball over to Michael Kopech. If he can make, learn that transition, 
not starting the game, but coming into the game in the fourth inning, the yeah. drastic difference to go from Gio Gonzalez, who's barely hitting 90, and now you got Kopech just hitting 100 during spring yeah. training, uh, that, that would be so difficult for opposing teams to have themselves prepared for that game because you have two different scouting reports that you would need to lean on. So from a White Sox perspective, that concern about the starting pitching all of a sudden does kind of turn around and you wonder, could this become a strength if the season doesn't start until late June because reinforcements would be available? A couple more minutes with Josh Nelson of the Sox Machine Podcast right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. So the minor league season might not exist at all, yeah. or it may exist in some form or fashion um, it, at the spring training facilities where guys have a chance to keep working, keep developing, and also be available as a taxi squad for a weird-ass MLB season. But I wonder Mm -hmm. who that's going to damage the most. I mean, you mentioned a guy like Nick Madrigal, and I think about it the same in terms of Nico Horner with the Cubs. It's like, all right, you know, if you don't want these guys to make the team on opening day, well, you just send them down to the minors where they can play every day. And that doesn't appear to be an option to do it that way. So... Um, how, who might this hurt, um, the most within the White Sox system in terms of losing a full year of minor league play and development? I think it's Andrew Vaughn. And the reason why I think it's Andrew Vaughn is that he was set up to play in Birmingham this year. And for White Sox fans, they know Birmingham is the brick wall for position players. That is where if they've been hitting really well in Winston-Salem, all of a sudden they have serious struggles in Birmingham and either they run into the brick wall and they never come back up or it takes them a while to climb over the brick wall or in cases like Luis Robert, they blow it up like the Kool-Aid man. And all of a sudden you get super hyped because this kid is ready to go. And Andrew Vaughn was supposed to have this test this year. And the reason why it's significant is that Edwin Carnacion was only under contract for 2020. There is a club option for 2021, but he's a bit on the older side. And if Andrew Vaughn was raking in double-A this year, then the conversation we'd be having is, is it worthwhile for the White Sox to pick up Edwin Carnacion's option? Hmm. Or is Andrew Vaughn ready to go to split time with Jose Abreu at first base in DH? And we'll see Andrew Vaughn with the White Sox in 2021. I don't know how Rick Hahn's going to answer that question now. Uh, you would assume that Andrew Vaughn would get lots of time in the backfields, but in the backfields, who, who is he facing? I mean, is he going to be facing other ball clubs, uh, minor leaguers as well, or is he just going to get familiar with his fellow teammates that would have been with him in Birmingham? So that, that's where it's a little disappointing is that we're not going to be able to answer that question, and it will be a difficult question for Rick Hahn to address after this 2020 season there's no minor league season on what he's going to do with Edwin Carnacion, what's he going to do with a lost year of Andrew Vaughn and try to get the pieces aligned because if Vaughn would have raked in Birmingham speaks, I think it would have been very realistic to see Andrew Vaughn with the White Sox every day in 2021. Hmm. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm sitting here wondering as we're talking about this, uh, who has more the bears with tight ends 
or the White Sox with designated hitters. You know, Bears have ten tight ends on the roster. White Sox, in terms of viable DH candidates, like you know Zach Collins or Grandal or McCann yeah. when the other one is catching, and of course Abreu, and of course Encarnacion and Eloy, who that's probably his best spot, and Andrew Vaughn. I mean, it's like it, it, if if MLB does go to a universal DH, those the whoo those trade opportunities for uh, for the White Sox could be plentiful. Oh, absolutely. Every National League team would be calling Rick Hahn and be like, help me out here, man. What would it take to get Yerman Mercedes? <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot to even mention Yerman Mercedes. Dude, dude, absolutely out of spring that, that made you want to make him a DH and just go out there and hit for me, kid. Exactly. God, I haven't thought about him in three weeks. And that is a crime, I tell you. It is. That is a crime. <laughs> um, Josh, thanks, man. This was a pleasure. We'll do it again. appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Everyone stay safe and hopefully we'll have regular season baseball soon. Oh, that would be a delight. Um, Josh Nelson from the Sox Machine podcast. I know he's in on the Players League with MLB The Show. He's been watching that. I I have not. Uh, I've watched a little of Taiwan baseball. I, I will check out the Korean baseball organization that begins on Tuesday I've watched some classic games every once in a while, but I have been watching a crap ton of episodic television. My God. Powered my way through the morning show on Apple TV. Um, we're in the middle of Hunters on Amazon Prime. Al Pacino hunting Nazis. That's entertaining, although it hits a little too deeply emotionally every once in a while for this uh, this kid who grew up in the 70s with a, uh, a religious family, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm powering through and movies. Oh, I got stacks of movies. I got stuff that I've seen. This is what you do to fill the void. Right. And, uh, and I've been teaching my son to ride a bike, which has been incredibly gratifying. Some of the most fun uh, moments of my entire adult life are taking place this week. It's 670. The score it's hit and run. Talking baseball with you. Danny Parkins is going to join me at about 1040. Got something I want to throw at him about the score and about uh, some other stuff. Uh, But also, Len Casper coming up next. Len and JD are starting a Cubs podcast. Want to talk about that with him, among other things. Our buddy Len Casper on Hit and Run next on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 